went to a very posh private girls' school. I mean, actually, no, it was co-ed to start with. Very posh, straw boaters. We played lacrosse. We did all this, but <laughs> with a twist. And then my dad just waltzes into the headmaster's office, pays for the school fees with the biggest wad of cash you've ever seen. And both of them made good money. We lost it. Made a bit more money. Might have lost it. But that work ethic, it was all about work. That possibly was a problem. Mom, the shops are crap in North Lanes, but it's such a cool place. And um, she was like, oh... You, you thinking something? I said, I'm thinking something. So she said, I'll come, I'll do it with you. I'm like, what? What? She said, yeah, I think I, I think I might leave your dad as well. I thought, oh, okay. Those three days, we were at, the first three days were absolutely packed. We'd sold the whole shop in three days. I was like, whoa. My thing, I always say to myself, this will pass. Because it will pass. And it does. In my life, you know, I've had some tough times and, you know, I've had, my sister was ex- very, very seriously ill, life-threateningly ill, and so was one of my children. Um, thankfully, they're both here to tell the tale. And so the whole of last year, I was really, really quite sick. I couldn't walk 500 metres. Um, I had chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, could only work a few hours. And being a single parent, that was really tough. I got divorced seven years ago and I was a complete mess and I couldn't function. I mean, we changed every single part of the business. Suppliers, decor, socials, team, training. I did everything bit by bit. I mean, I even painted all the bloody walls on these enormous, huge ceilings. <laughs> and bit by bit, I did grow that business. And, you know, pretty exponentially in the first few years um it's a completely different ball game now it's very yeah i'm really proud of it we do really well velvet has always been my happy place so throughout divorce or sickness or problems in the family i've always gone there but i love this i literally i'm not joking that velvet literally runs through my veins I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. Through sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. I hope you can join us on this journey. Okay, I'm just going to say something about one of our sponsors, Rivervale. The world of cars, vans and minibuses is often a pain point for many of us. The hassle of finding the right vehicle, let alone looking after it, are all more things to add to our lists as busy people. Rivervale's mission is to make motoring manageable, and that's why they provide leasing, purchasing, servicing and vehicle management. So whether you have one family car or a fleet of vans for your business, Rivervale are your trusted vehicle supplier. Visit www rivervale.co.uk okay let's jump back to the podcast okay welcome to another episode of the podcast my podcast guest this week is an entrepreneur and owner of the award-winning retail store velvet right here in hove she's also a property developer with a buy-to-let business velvet property limited and surrey and sussex business woman of the year 2023 <laughs> i'm delighted to welcome the wonderful inspiring emma draper to the podcast emma how are you oh i'm great it's so lovely to be here 
Thanks for having me, Sam. Oh, it's awesome. Look, it's been so lovely to meet you this year. And we met and had a coffee in yeah. Soho House and had a had a chat. And it was like, got to get you on the podcast and have a chat. You listen to your story and your journey, and it's so inspiring what you've achieved. It's, oh, you're it's, lovely. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's really incredible, I, and I loved it. And it was fascinating to hear of all the things. And I'm excited to share it with our listeners. So, uh, thanks, Sam. Let's, uh, let's jump in, shall we? Okay, ready. Okay, right. So look, this is something that I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, which is something new for, for this series that we've tried to play around with. So um, this is our life in 60 seconds. So this is the first one of three. And the first one we're going to say, just tell me something from your childhood that has helped shape who you are today. Okay, so both my parents were self-employed. Um, entrepreneurs back in the day when that wasn't even a word uh, my dad no education whatsoever uh, nothing no school he uh, had what we call now imposter syndrome but he didn't know that word but he put on a game face every day and he got from being a window cleaner to a very successful businessman by simply being able to talk to anybody and everybody that's a skill he's 100% taught me I watched him he's a master of his art he didn't know it but he just wheeled and dealed and treated every single person like they were a king or queen that's customer service basically 100% love that love that um I want, I want to delve a little bit more into that than growing up, because I know we, we spoke about it a little bit before, but t- to tell me like what, what life was like growing up with, with entrepreneurs and, like you say, as both parents self-employed. And like, I, don't, I remember you mentioning to, to me when we met so hours about being a bit of a Dell boy and a oh, wee yeah. dealer. And, like, so Because I'm fascinated by this, because for me, like, I never had that at all. Yeah. I don't like, I often think to myself, like, where did, I, where did this come from for me? And watching too much only falls and horses probably yeah. <laughs> but because i never had that entrepreneurial yeah. side from my parents really strong work ethic but not necessarily that so i'm fascinated to see the path you've taken and come from so talk, talk to me a little bit more about will, growing up i will so i went to a very posh private girls school i mean actually no it was co-ed to start with very posh straw boaters we played lacrosse we did all this but <laughs> with a twist. So when my friends got dropped off in their Rolls Royces by their chauffeurs and their Porsches, I got dropped off in a massive blue van. On the side of it, it had house clearances for cash <laughs> written on the side. Can you imagine how embarrassing that was? And then my dad just waltzes into the headmaster's office, pays for the school fees with the biggest wad of cash you've ever seen. So very different background from my uh, my friends, but you know, God, I, now I look back on it. But what an education he he managed to give me and my mum. So you know, going around these friends' house, they got ponies. I've never even seen a bloody pony, mm. and they did gym carners and they had nannies and pantries. I didn't even know what a pantry was. It was very exciting, and um, they were doing these things. But my dad was teaching me and my mum to do business to do life so at the weekends I would help him with house clearances so this this little girl you know from this posh school going in in those days you bought someone the contents of someone's house when they died yeah. right the, the, that's what you did you used to give them 500 quid for the contents of a house because the relatives couldn't be bothered 
So I was taught where to find the cash, where people hid their jewels. So I learned how to slit mattresses. I mean, it's a bit grim when someone's done. Mm-hmm. Look through their corset drawer, underwear drawer, check their teeth, check the old teeth. Where's the gold tooth? You know, it's proper, yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Del Boy stuff, or probably a bit worse. Um, I learned all these amazing things. I learned where people often hide their jewellery in grandfather clocks. I learned all these amazing things as a, as a little girl. Um... My mum, similarly, um, so when they met, he was a window cleaner. She was the secretary. They had nothing. They had nothing at all. He didn't go to school. Um, they t- he taught himself to read by reading Thomas Hardy. I mean, he couldn't get much. I mean, I didn't think I could read that. And yeah. I had a brilliant education. So that's why education was important to him. So I learned these things from them. I worked, My mum grew a retail business from sewing and knitting she was so yeah like she was she was a secretary but she wanted to start her own business but back in must have been the late 50s um you couldn't get a bank account as a woman if you were under 21 so um my uncle had to open her a bank account so she could start a little shop and it grew and it grew and both of them made good money we lost it made a bit more money might have lost it but that work ethic it was all about work that possibly was a problem the only way for me to be with my dad was via work so So he was like 24 7 24 7 so that was tough that was tough so i mean i'm interested to to see like from uh the path you've taken with the education you had, like privately educated, yeah. Yet the path you've taken is more. The lessons you learn were more from 100%, working with your dad, your mum. Yeah. So, so what, what, what's your take on on education and the education? Because obviously, the, like I say, the path you've taken has not yeah. been one of an academic. Yeah. Educa- but did that obviously hold you in good stead for the, yeah. for the business oh, world? Yeah. It was great. I had a great education. I can't deny that. Yeah. Went off to uni. Did a great degree um, in marketing and business. Really enjoyed it. By the way, I was never going to be have shops. I mean, never. I mean, why would you do what your parents do? <laughs> was going to work in marketing. Obviously, worked you know in London, very glamorous. Ended up in retail and loved it. Loved it. Was born to do it, Sam. Hundred yeah. percent in every gene in my body. Yeah, education works for some. Um, and really doesn't work for others. I know with my three sons, one it really works for, one it really doesn't. I, I think the system is sadly quite broken for people that need more help than others. Mm. That's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast. It, 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 it is, but it's something I find fascinating because I, I talk about it quite a lot on on here because I do. I find that I, I find it fascinating that still, still we've got this archaic okay. system. Okay. Okay. And yep. like, and the brilliant thing about listening to just this brief start yeah. of your journey is actually that you've had a really good academic education, yep. and yet the path you've taken is so much of the lessons you learn were yeah. from an entrepreneurial background and working with your dad. And so, surely there's got to be a balance there within the education system that people maybe even people that don't respond academically world there's other avenues that the entrepreneur lifestyle or running your own business or 100 creativity should be yeah. enhanced i couldn't feel more passionate about this subject the 
the deputy head of my son's secondary school said to me, secondary school is not for your boy. He said it was invented after the Second World War. It's wrong. And he said that. And it it was, he's, you know, my son described it as prison because when someone's, say, neurodiverse, putting them in um, isolation is never going to work. And it was repeat. It's been a long battle. Mm. And one that we didn't we didn't get through in the end. But you know what? He's got an entrepreneurial spirit. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> I, lo- I love that because it's it's just it's just tapping into the people the way people look, the way people absorb content, yeah. the way people learn. Yeah, all of these things have got to be analysed. Yeah. I, know, I think we spoke about it briefly when we had a coffee before. I said about. I've got twins that are the same age. One's really academic and reads everything, and the other one doesn't like reading. Exactly. And, and, and the school rung me and we're like, oh, um, yeah, Lucy's a little, little bit behind. Yeah. What? what? Do you mean he's behind? He's seven. Oh, he's and not. I, and I just, and I just could, I was, I, I got a little bit upset about it, to say the least. Yeah. Think, just because he doesn't engage necessarily in that way. And I think, what? I just don't under I, I don't understand why it's not being looked at more. No, I it's guess. it's really sad, and I hope, um, yeah, my son has you know serious dyslexia. Why on earth was he made to study Shakespeare? <laughs> I mean, he yeah. can't he can't read that. Yeah. But he wasn't able because it's compulsory. He had to sit through that. How to make yourself feel a bit shit? I think. Yeah, because they're almost then labelled like their first. Yeah. Their first experience in yeah. the world through school yeah. education is that they're seen as failures. They are, and that's what. But there's the odd teacher, teacher, you know, that was especially one at his school. So don't you worry, Sam. I know you're going to be bloody amazing. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I love. It. And then talk to, like your life at school with, with the differences with yeah. your phone, like you said, your dad turning up in the van and stuff. yeah. Was it a good school after that? Did you fit in well with it, or what was there that? Yeah, I mean, I I was different. I was definitely different, and I think you know, I actually got a scholarship in the end to another school, and all the parents thought I'd had to have a special exam because you know my parents weren't from a good background. Can you believe it? I didn't have a special exam. I had the same exam as all their (laughs) kids, to be honest. But I had to work hard to please my dad. It was, I think, yes, it was great. I did fit in eventually because it's a way of life. Um, But I had to work hard. You know, there was a lot of pressure to be good, to be the best at sport, to be the best at this, to be the best at that. And, you know, that work ethic is amazing. But one day, you know, the pressure gets a bit much. I think I spent my whole life trying to please my dad. (laughs) Really? God rest his soul now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Is it that? Because again, back to the path you have taken. What did did he potentially? Would he potentially have not wanted you to go down the entrepreneurial path, or or did he? What was his take on it? Because of the education, was it like we pay for? No, this? no, he wanted me to be in business. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. So he wasn't quite sure about me working in the city, which I hated, by the way. I oh, really? hated with a passion. So, why, um, why, why? well, I had a, I had a great job at Wembley Arena, marketing, yeah. doing pop concerts and that. Nineties. Um, I mean, that was just such a great job. But after a couple of years, you can't live on thirteen thousand in London. I was practically, yeah. you know, destitute at this point. So I went for the. 
big money in the city and went for this amazing marketing firm and I thought I've made it I'm a woman going down city, you know all this <laughs> and they were awful the people oh, there were so awful my previous two jobs I'd worked in lovely teams you know team yeah. we look after each other we work hard we work really hard at Wembley mm. you can imagine all these concerts but this these people it was like stab you in the back I thought we were in a in a team you know um they laughed at me when i got things wrong on my first few days how was i supposed to know oh it was awful and it gave me yeah i could have stayed there and earned loads of cash and you know early 20s that would have been quite nice but i think i lasted six weeks and i told them to stick it because i had no intention of ever working with people like that again and it made me think how not to treat people you know my parents would have never treated people like that so it it basically started the right i'm going out my own and that's when it all happened that that was the start that was it because and then was that in property and stuff you yeah first that was your first sort of so that was it so back in the 90s in london you could buy housing pretty cheap you could get a deposit with a bloody credit card. You didn't need... I didn't even have a proper income. I was freelancing for different PR companies at that point about pop concerts and stuff. So it was great fun. But I wasn't earning very much. And um, with my boyfriend, who who became my husband, we just bought, like, a few crap properties in London. And I'm quite artistic and creative. Did them up, made them look lovely. And we made some proper money on it. it. It was just timing luck a bit of you know bugger the system i'm gonna we're gonna do it our way and that's how the working for myself started i think i was 23 24 wow so again it was quite brave i think yeah that young young age not and and to take that to take that risk yeah especially within property because you know what the system tells you to get a property and you have a mortgage and yeah pure naivety uh, but I still do that. I still, I still. But do, do, do you not? I find that interesting. Like and a lot of people I speak to, actually, a lot of entrepreneurs, is that naivety mm. is a bit it's of a, a superpower. Yeah, it's, it's a, a gift. Yeah. It's the same when I opened Velvet. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Hadn't got a clue. But you have to learn quick and learn fast, especially if you do something you love. It's not really a job. Yeah. It's just. A, it was a vocation, I think, for me in the end. Because what led this? So obviously, the property yep. side obviously was going really well. Yeah, it was great. Sound yep. like it was going great. Yep. So, but but what then? Why did you not just go? Well, I'm just going to stick with the property and keep growing this property empire. And what what made you go? I'm going to go and start. Was it just the the purpose side of it that you wanted to do? Or? Do you know, it's getting naivety. I just went down to Brighton to see a friend from London, and I'm like oh, this is really nice down here. This is like 1998 or something. I really like it. Rang up my um, fiancé and I said, oh my God, do we live in Brighton? Yeah, all right then. That's it. Because he, <laughs> he commuted to London. I did for a long time, you know, for well, about a year or so, doing my PR for various mm-hmm. companies. And I was walking around the lanes, okay, and considering I'd worked and lived in London... The lanes back at the end of the 90s were just literally baggy trousers, incense, dream catchers, patchouli oil. Nothing wrong with patchouli oil, by the way. But it wasn't my thing. I wanted nice things. So I remember going back to see my mum, who'd retired, and I said, Mum, the shops are 
crap in North Lanes, but it's such a cool place. And um, she was like, oh, what are you, what are you thinking something? I said, I'm thinking something. So she said, I'll come, I'll do it with you. And I'm like, what? what? She said, yeah, I think I want... I think I might leave your dad as well. I thought, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't wow. expecting that one. Um, to cut a long story short, we set up this um, teeny shop in Gardner Street. And it was all things that I liked, you know, like that I knew women of my age or older would like. And mm. that my mum would like because we love fashion. Mum yeah, and I yeah. love fashion, love nice things. Um 81 she is now, still working in my business, by the way. Uh, I love that. Phenomenal oh, woman. Always looks immaculate. So I wanted this shop where you walk in and you just go, oh, and you want to buy things. And then they're always affordable, always, and they still are very affordable. Um, so you could buy like jewellery or a handbag or a nice gift or a candle or some ribbons or just nice things that there really wasn't about there. Those days, you couldn't buy anything in supermarkets either, apart from food. So we had, um, we were new. So we eventually, like, we opened in the November. Those three days, we were, at, the first three days were absolutely packed. We'd sold the whole shop in three days. I was like, whoa. We might be onto something here. We're onto something. <laughs> so that was it. The flame was lit. And that was 23 years ago. So I went up to London found all these wholesalers, restocked everything. I think I worked like right through till Christmas Eve without, I don't know, I think I had a few hours sleep here and there. Passed out Christmas Eve, literally passed out. But I was like, this is it. And so my, um, who was my husband by then, he, I said, you can't do your job. You've got to help me. And he's like, yeah, all right, all right, I'll help. And What um, was he doing at the time? He was doing building. Wow. Yeah. So and then my mum stayed. Yeah, she sort of left my dad. <laughs> that was awkward. Um, how was how that then, your relationship with your dad then? Oh, well, my relationship with my dad was always very complicated anyway. Mm. So um loved him dearly and I respect, I very much respect him. But it yeah. was complicated. Um, yeah, they they sort of, sort of stayed together for the next 20 odd years. He moved down in the end. And oh. um, do you know what? He worked for me for 10 years. Really? <laughs> yeah, cycle came round. <laughs> wow. So just for, just until he died. So yeah, he just did deliveries and not just did, he helped with all sorts of little bits behind the scenes in the business, bless him. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm okay, you you saying about always wanting to prove something to you that did yeah. do, do you feel you had that you got his recognition. I, I did, uh, sometimes. Yeah. Other people told me that he was very proud of me. Mm. I think that's a life lesson, tell your kids to their face okay. how proud you are. I mean, Did I, he not to you then? Not to really. You. I mean, my sister and I knew he loved us. We also knew he wanted boys. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite clear. But weirdly, he was a massive feminist too. So he bigged us up, but maybe not enough to ourselves. Another life lesson that he didn't get it from his parents. So, you know, I think um, his, but his work ethic literally flows through my veins too. I, I, when I did his eulogy, I thought of all the gifts he'd given me. That's been able to talk to anybody and everybody. Um, buying and selling, you know, I've, that's just second nature to me. Mm -hmm. um, trade. 
also just love of outdoors and stuff and art so he gave me these gifts i think you've got to always look that's my motto sam always look for the positives in anything there's so much about relationship with people you could say that was awful that was a disaster and yeah there probably were parts of that but i've got gifts from him too i've got loads from my mum, so that was good (laughs) she's an angel (laughs) such a lovely way i guess to to look at life in general, not yeah. just relationships, but just like I guess life in general to whatever in front of us to always actually take the yeah. positives and similar. I guess I'm an optimist. I try and look at yeah. the positives because there is there's challenges that we're facing along the road, whether that be in relationships, whether it be in business, whatever that is. But actually, if we can tap into those that positive yeah, element so. of it, and I guess that's such a a key message in in total for for everyone yeah i think that has got me through a million i mean every business and every parent and every has a million tough times Mm. and the the way i mean they're not easy tough times are they (laughs) they're tough for a reason (laughs) and how i've always got through them is like as long as we're alive (laughs) um we're okay we can get through this what is good about this situation not a lot but you, you know, I mean, everyone that has had some degree of success, whatever, it, whatever form it is, always says you learn from adversity, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That's what makes you, and you have to go through these shit periods because, yeah, you learn from them. And I've learned over numerous things. There's always people way worse than you, way worse off yeah, than you. Yeah. And you can deal with this. It just yeah. takes a little bit of guts and strength. And my thing, I always say to myself, this will pass because it will pass. And it does. Um, As long as, you know, um, in my life, you know, I've had some tough times. And, you know, I've had my sister was very, very seriously ill, life-threateningly ill. And so was one of my children. Um, Thankfully, they're both here to tell the tale. But when things are that bad, it's not... It is almost the worst that's ever going to happen to me, I hope. I yeah. sincerely yeah, hope yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've survived, we've survived. And um, so things in business are bad, but they're not as bad as that. That's the worst, you know, being in that hospital rooms thinking, are we? Go- is it- are they going to make it? You know, yeah. if that happens, then life, and thank God, thank the Lord they did. You know, that's that's incredible. But when you look at your business and there's some things you think, oh, God, really? This is shit. Recession. Well, that was great. 2008, you know, pandemics. These are, these are, you know, really stressful. But I look around, I think I've got my three sons. I've got my family. I've got my team. We're going to get through it because it's not, we're, we're, we're here. We're alive. We can do this. And that's what I always go back to. So. That's such a brilliant, I think, because it is, there's so many times that we, where look at something that seems like a really difficult challenge, especially when you relate it to business, I guess, and then if you've been through some really tough times personally, that you can you gauge a little bit more perspective, I guess, on those yeah, tough you do. times in you business. Do. So that, that in, like you said, in your mind, you go, this isn't as bad as that. Yeah. This is a challenge. And, yeah. And, and I guess, I guess, again, back to the lessons that you potentially learned from your dad and your yeah. mum you mentioned earlier about them um, making lots of money and losing it oh yeah we lost it yeah and then 
building it back up again. Yeah. It? So oh, my, my understanding of, of your mindset around, I guess, around risk, around failure. Yeah. Not not afraid to vow, not afraid no. to give things a go. And it's, I'm definitely it not. I'm almost a bit too fearless sometimes. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, in the last sort of six, seven years, that's really helped me. And that's made my business grow massively in the last six or seven years. And that's just by, right, you know, we're all right, we're here, let's go for it. What have I, what have I got to lose? Money. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and we sort of spoke, obviously, walking up the stairs on the way here about, you know, yeah, money's nice and it's good yeah. to... But actually, yeah. that you can have all the money in the world. Happiness doesn't... That no. they, they don't relate. And it doesn't buy you health. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Without, without our health, yeah. we haven't got anything. We haven't got anything. Mm. And I think that's what has made me pretty resilient mm. um, in many experiences. Um, like even, I'm a, basically, I'm a marathon runner, right? I've done, mm. a, I don't know, 30 odd marathons. Wow, wow. And um, two years ago, I got COVID. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll be all right in a few weeks. You know, everyone's got it. But I didn't get better. And uh, so the whole of last year, I was really, really quite sick. I couldn't walk 500 meters. Um, I had chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, could only work a few hours. And being a single parent, that was really tough. Yeah, I had to like yeah. literally lie down to make, di- you know, for an hour to make, even make dinner. But I'm not saying it for these reasons. Basically, that taught me another massive life lesson, which I knew already, but mm. I knew I was going to get better. I'm about 60% back. I'm on my way back. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, but I still have quite, you know, a few health complications from it. Mm. But I'm going to be fine. And I knew I'd always be fine because many people aren't. But when your health is just gone and you can't do your normal things, it's such an eye-opener. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we'd all love a few million quid, but without your health, it's not. It, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Yeah, so, again, it's such an. I've, I've just recently read. Um, I've just read the new Stephen Bartlett book, and they talk about that a lot. Yeah. In, in in that about the the main thing, like he is a multi-millionaire and yeah, yeah, very well, etc. Et yeah, he actually has. He's, he's looked at life knows that that didn't give him happiness yeah but actually what he, the main thing from the podcast and everything he's done since has all been about actually do i get enough sleep yeah am i, am I healthy yeah because actually you take that if i take the health elements away none of this works yeah nothing it doesn't nothing work happens. it doesn't Family, work everything yeah. else is not, not there. And if you're not healthy and you don't look after yourself you can't mm. look after the people that really need you mm. like my kids for example yeah. i think i've i've a hundred percent learn that you've got to look after yourself yeah. first yeah i mean it took me a while to learn that one again this is something i uh, what, what's happened with the podcast it has become a little bit like therapy for me like, yeah, to be right honest. <laughs> I am because I, 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 I'm so curious mm. about trying to become the best version of myself yeah. and speaking to amazing people like you that I, mm. I get to ask these sort of type of questions but I, I was the same so I would look at if someone were to say to me where am I on the hierarchy where do you yeah. put myself in the thing I would be I'd go well my kids are there Yeah. then my wife yeah mum and dad and brother and then I'm yeah. probably somewhere underneath here and I'm I'm, I'm alright so it don't yeah. matter but man I've read a few books and people I've spoke to saying the importance of going 
you've got to be there no yeah. matter above your kids above everything you've got to be there because it's that analogy around the, when you're on the airplane and the, and the mask yeah. isn't it you've got to put, it on, got to put yeah, it on yourself, yourself first. first and i still I, I'm, I'm still trying to get to like i'm trying to change my mind shift around yeah. that but it's a difficult thing to be when you're always putting yeah. yourself that it's that really way. hard sam and i learned the hard way on that one that yeah. you can't do you know i got divorced seven years ago and i was a complete mess and i couldn't function i think you know mm. suddenly becoming a single parent of three it was definitely a challenge and it took me ages to work out unless i'm all right they're not going to really be all right and i needed the headspace to be able to make sure that um i could look after them provide for them 100 percent put the kids first for so i mean i still you know what yeah, I mean, but if yeah, but cool. now I make sure that I'm okay too because mm. um, it was it was a real corny uh, journey. It was a real <laughs> journey. I'm 50 now, and I'm like think, oh my god, I might have cracked this one a little bit, and then something comes along, and you know you haven't cracked it. <laughs> so it's an ongoing plan. <laughs> it's definitely an ongoing plan. But that was a, a sort of trigger after sort of wallowing and you know drinking too much and not making the right decisions um not that the kids really knew that bit by the way yeah, yeah. but um i've i've sort of gathered myself together and it gave me this enormous why the biggest why i've ever had to like right let's sort this business out i'm going to show everybody i'm going to show my kids i'm going to look after them i can provide all this i've chilled out a little bit since then <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and if mum's you know your children depend on you they mm. look at you and if mum's not or dad's not looking right they worry mm. they fear so um i think they're quite proud of me now they probably drive them, i drive them mad but you know <laughs> they're proud of me now i want to i want to interject here with the, we've mentioned a couple of little well quite a few sort of challenges there i'd like I, i'm, I'm going to just jump in with our next life in 60 seconds um about challenges and what and if you could i guess if you could pick a life challenge that you've gone through over the la- uh, uh, over you, over the last 50 years mm-hmm. if you could choose one what would it be this and what lesson have you learned from that would you say if we've done a little Oh, well, I was going to say the pandemic or the recession, but right now I think realistically the the thing that made me super strong and resilient person was divorce. There's no doubt about it. It kicked me in the arse, literally. Um, probably was the right thing to do, you know. Good friends with my ex-husband now, by the way. Um, but it, that survival instinct, that resilience, I knew I was a strong person, but I didn't realise how strong I was to be able to do that and build a really successful business and keep all my team around me and keep my family. Um, I think that was the biggest challenge. I don't think people should go through that to make them stronger. Mm. <laughs> but I would say that was became my superpower if i can single parent three boys with you know we've got neuro neurodiversity issues and all sorts if i can do that i'll mm. tell you why i can run a few businesses that's where i came from on that one that's my challenge was it something that you saw come in or not was it out of the blue or the divorce i was out of the blue really yeah it was a massive shock i mean i just thought we'd be together forever sort of thing but he he was probably right in the long run but it was just came a bit of a shock to me um it's really tough on the kids it's really tough on the kids um 
so my youngest was only six so um yeah and there's three years between, between each of them yeah. yeah so it was it was really tough so, so, so you mentioned at that point about it being a really tough challenge it hit you really yeah. hard what, what what do you think was the point where can you still pinpoint the bit where you yeah. where your mind shift went right okay that's yeah. enough now I'm gonna hundred percent really I was in bed with another glass of wine and I just thought what's the matter with you look at you right you've got three healthy kids you you've got a brilliant relationship with your mum you've got a lovely sister you've got it all going on you're not poor you know I was worried about I was thinking I'll have to get rid of the family house and I didn't want to because I wanted them to have stability that frightened me I didn't want to set you know I've been in property all my life with basically the divorce screwed all the money you know and um I didn't want not well what was going on this was just not happening so I was like right come on come on woman so um gave myself a massive talking to and I wrote down all the things I could do the business was ticking at this point because my heart hadn't been in it for a a year I would say mm. um so I said right it's got it ca I can't live on that enough money I can't give my family what they need on that that income so I literally wrote the most enormous pages of list went to my right hand woman at work Gemma who's still with me 15 years on um I said I want to change everything she's going oh, I'm a bit nervous about change and I said yeah me too let's do it and she said I'm, I'm behind you every step of the way presented all my ideas to the team at the time and they're like, all right, okay. Ooh. I mean, we changed every single part of the business. Suppliers, decor, socials, team, training. I did everything bit by bit. I mean, I even painted all the bloody walls on these enormous, huge ceilings. I'm glad I don't have to do that now. <laughs> I was not good at that. And bit by bit, I did grow that business. And, you know, pretty exponentially in the first few years um it's a completely different ball game now it's very yeah i'm really proud of it we do really well and i've managed to buy a lot more properties with the profit since and do all that and i am super proud and i've still got most of that team and they mm. they run it now there's a four of them that are the management team they're amazing and that is again you look after the good people because they don't have to give it you back because i was all over the place for a while and they were there and I hope that I've been there for them in their personal dramas. We, we are, I know it's cheesy, but we are a bit of a family. <laughs> but you get that, like, I follow you obviously on social media, and you get in, <laughs> the, the, what comes across really clearly is just how much fun it looks oh, like. Oh yeah, you we are. have fun. You just look yeah. like, there's a massive, exactly that, there's a massive family mm. that are just, they're having a lot of fun yeah we um, do have a lot of fun they work hard but we yeah. do have a lot of fun and i genuinely care about them that that's the thing that they're my they are my family velvet has always been my happy place so throughout divorce or sickness or problems in the family i've always gone there and thought, i love this i literally i'm not joking that velvet literally runs through my veins and i, I know i i talk to i talk to the shop it's really weird <laughs> But, you know, it is. And, and the girls there, all 16 of them, bless them, in all their different roles, they know how much it means to me and how, you know, I support my mum through it and my family. And they know. And it is the the, they're the beating heart of the business. I couldn't do it without them. And I do. So that's when things, you know, maybe go a little bit wrong. I think about them and I think, oh, I'm a lucky woman. 
so it's so inspiring to hear and I guess there's so many people listening who are maybe going through a, a bit of a tough time yeah the couple of things that you've over the course of the conversation so far that that you would take away one I guess that as you alluded to that things will pass they will pass and and yeah. actually finding that when you are would you would you would you say at that point over the course of your life that that point there was probably a rock bottom point for you or yeah divorce? so I was the point where you got to that bottom and you I've, I've got to get up here. Yes, I've, I've, I felt terrible. I was definitely suffering from depression. I mm. felt really bad and um, I was lost. I was terribly lonely as well. If you've never lived on your own, it's mm. really weird. I know the children were there, but the, you know, they're not interested in... That, that, bless them, they're just yeah. being kids. Yeah, so it was, it was a real shock. That was a rock bottom. And then um, not long after, one of my sons had a, was in hospital with a life-threatening, life-endangering incident. He's all right now, but that's they're the moments yeah. that you think, "Whoa, I'm so lucky." And do you know, do you know, Sam? Two of my female closer friends have both lost siblings. That the worst has happened to them, and they're the most positive people I know. And that's why I love being with them. I love being with positive people. Yeah. Obviously, everyone has their good and bad days, but yeah. they know how tenuous life is and how short and scary life is. Um, so we've just got to make the most of it. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm very, very, very proud that I've made some decent money so I can look after my family. Mm, right? yeah. that, I'm very proud of that. And I, and I don't think women should be ashamed to say, I want to make some money. Mm. And I'm proud that I have made some money in the last five years and I'm thrilled that I can support them. I can support my mother. I can invest in my sister's business. I've invested in friends' business. I can do that. And that gives me enormous pride. But... Without your family and your house, I mean, I know I'll keep banging on about it, mm, but, but that's what uh, gives me joy. That's such a honestly, it's it's, an, uh, it's just it, to be honest, it's the essence, I guess, of why I wanted to have these conversations on the podcast and speak to people like yourself, and and because I, I think there's a couple of really big things I take away from one that actually. Making money is not a bad thing. That's fine. No, like, it's, it's not. It's and it, it does upset me that women aren't really yeah. allowed to say, I want to make some proper cash. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to treat people very well along the way and look after my team and look after my tenants and look after people. But I want to be secure. I want to. If my mum needs a whole new set of windows in her house, which she does, um, <laughs> I can say, right, mum, it's all right. We've got it covered. My pension work, I've got it covered. That, to me, is, is joy is success that's that's really but but i think uh, again just pushing back on that a little bit yeah. i do i do think that actually there's a, like listening to you talk there's there's that comfort i guess that that financial security yeah will give you it does but actually all that you've related to and all you've spoke about over the course of the conversation actually the joy and happiness isn't necessarily the the money that's giving yeah. you, yeah. you that, although it's giving you that security and and you're able to do them things for other people, yeah. which is lovely. Not so that maybe you maybe you do drive around a Ferrari. I don't know, but but some no. people, you know what I mean? But <laughs> so, so, yeah. some people, that's their maybe yeah. that level of success and what that sort of looks like. But actually, the being surrounded by family, friends, yeah. and people that you love and who love yeah. you. That's the joy and happiness side of it, and fulfilment and success. 
and that's come with that what you've created and something that you can tell how much how passionate you are about yeah, Velvet and how much you love it and for any business owner out there anyone that's listening that they go you've got to love it like that and that, that you've got to love the, it the other side the, the money is a byproduct of yeah. that I, th- I think that's the thing. I think if you find something you're good at, mm. you know, you often hear people say this, the money will follow. Mm. I mean, obviously, when I started business, I didn't know. And I'm, well, I've certainly lost it in the 2008 recession, but I still loved my business. You know, people say, why don't you sell? I'm like, never. Really? I can't wait to go into work some days. I get really excited about seeing the girls planning. You know, we're working on next summer at the moment, and I'm really excited about what's coming in next summer. And really? it just still gives me... Oh, maybe that's the wheeler dealer in me that when I see what we've sold that day, I was like, that's a new product. It's sold. It's working. Whoa. You know, you still get that. buzz. I still get that buzz. And just talking to my customers, my customers are awesome. You know, we're very lucky. They travel from all over the country now. We have a whole contingent that come from Scotland every six months to come to see us in Hove. It's fantastic because we look after them. So we look after our customers because you've got to remember that without you never lose sight of who your customers are who because they they again you're nothing without them you're nothing yeah. without your people or your customers whoever they may be i love that look i want as we want to steal the theme with with challenges and stuff i still i want to you mentioned it just there about re- recession mm-hmm. you mentioned a little bit obviously pandemic like running for over two decades you've been running different yeah. businesses from property and yeah. retail which actually from a recession point of view yeah. and from a global yeah. pandemic point of view have got to be hit yeah. pretty hard yeah they were so yeah. talk to me a little bit first recession talk to me a little bit about that that what happened to the business then how did you get through that how badly was it effective talk to me yeah and well, the property side of things yeah. as well yeah well, certainly um, with the shops, um, 2008 we had four stores with 35 staff and it was tough. It was super tough. Um, so I had two stores in Brighton um, and we just had to, we got a good offer on one of them and um, just had to take it, which means unfortunately we had to let half our, I had to let half the team go and making those. It was okay with some of the students and stuff because, you know, they could get other jobs and buzz, but it was the people whose rent, they needed to pay rent mm. and all this. You know, I looked after them best. I mean, I did pay myself, for, oh, I don't know, 18 months or something. Mm. I looked after the people as best I could. And, you know, the res- yeah, so basically what happened was kept the Hove store. It's 3,000 square foot. It's massive. That was making money. Mm. So... We had to trim everything. I went back to basics because I was running the business, running all the team. I went back to basics, kept core team and completely started from almost scratch. But we had this amazing building. So we kept on with that and the people we let go, it was it was awful. Mm. And then I made a sort of thing, right, I've got to keep my eye even more on the numbers. And I'm really efficient with the numbers mm. now, Sam. I learned the hard way. Enough money for your VAT bill, your corp tax. It's all there. And I know to the set, to the penny where I am now with all the outgoings and ingoings. And was you not prior to that? Was you not? No. Much? I was fine. I loved it. I was making money. And we did, we did make money. Yeah. And then we didn't. <laughs> so that was but the beauty of the, the lovely bit uh, the one woman I had to let go that really hurt was she ran all the stock department and um, 
anyway four years ago I went and found her and I said you all right you didn't join your job mm, it's all right not like when I work for you I said do you want to come back and we did it on a trial basis and now she's one of the management team she came back I love that, <laughs> I love that. yeah I love her it's brilliant yeah. that's inc- that is incredible that's incredible and in my- what, but um, um, with the property side, yeah. where, where was you at that point in recession, the property? We did less in the property when we had three kids because yeah. it was quite full on yeah, and yeah, four sure. st- sure doors. But um, we basically had properties we let out. Um, so we just kept them going and that yeah. that, that, that was okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was sure. okay. There's been ups and downs. Yeah, and yeah. ones you buy that don't work out and ones that really do work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they sort of disappeared in the divorce. But that gave me but the then, impetus but then you built you I built, built them that, back uh, yeah back I was very well. determined to do that so if I need to help my kids I really can that's you we all need a why don't yeah, we yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and then and then what, what, what about others that you know March 2020 what what, what happens when I'm sure as much as we plan and the things we learn over 20 years of running a business that nothing no, prepares us for a global nothing, pandemic. <laughs> nothing has ever come close to that. <laughs> what? Yeah. We have to close? I mean, I've never closed my shop. Christmas Day, yeah, Boxing Day, New Year's Day. Three days a year we're closed. Yeah. A what? Someone's telling me to close my shop? What do I do? I've got I had eighteen staff. What do I do? I've got eighteen staff. Um, yeah, I cried like a baby. <laughs> uh, had a bit more wine. Um, thank God for furlough. I thank yeah. the Lord because I was panicking on my team and got mortgages and kids yeah. and what have you. Um, for me, you know, directors self-employed. We didn't get a penny, did we? we? Did fell between them cracks didn't we Whoa. <laughs> like, there you go yeah you can get uh 500 quid a month yeah well you know didn't even cover a little bit of sainsbury's yeah. shop did it <laughs> so um i thank the lord sam that i'd recreated the business three or four years prior because mm. i'd had a couple of great years so th- thank the lord if it had happened five years previous i wouldn't be sitting here now talking to you about yeah. it i don't think oh no we wouldn't have survived but thank god i'd had that moment of mm. wow we've got to sort this out because the last few years before the pandemic had been really successful yeah. so i had cash in the bank to keep us yeah, going yeah. but i didn't know how long and i didn't know what would happen to my supply chain went all crazy yeah, everything course, went crazy course, yeah. and th- i had all this these goods in transit and i had to pay a lot of money for them and i'm like what but i can't sell them luckily i have a very long-standing relationship with suppliers and a lot of lot of negotiation i spent days negotiating with them and my landlord and all sorts of different things mm. and thankfully i work with good people not all of them but <laughs> we got through it we got through it and then do you know the customer love when we reopened we had queue down church road we had a queue i had so much love off the customers we did speak to them nearly every day on social media because you're really active very active well you you know my right home wood Gemma works on it three or four hours a day i'm always on there talking to our customers um it's a happy it's a happy site you know we we don't tell them our problems on there they don't want to know that they want to know about what lovely stuff we've got in there (laughs) but we we are generally a a nice happy place to work and um yeah so talking to people generally throughout the whole of 
lockdown and mm. then when we were open they knew what it meant to us you know yeah, they knew yeah, yeah, yeah. and they came back in their droves and the year after the pandemic we had the best year into it you know i'd ever had wow ever had we were rewarded but uh, so, so a couple of things there for me that i will take out and i'm sure listeners will as well is actually also a, a key message is about culture right that culture. You, you've created just an unbelievable culture that runs throughout Velvet in the sense of the team, that yeah. they're all on board with what you're trying yeah. to achieve and where you are. And then that relates then to the to the customers, that they come in and feel part of that and they, they want to then support and, and creating that. That's the bloodline of the business, right? It that is. culture is the bloodline it of the is. business. It is. The team are, are the business. Mm. And I think they know that. They know what I think of them. Mm. Um, yeah, the four managers have been there a long, long time. And, mm. and Gemma, my right-hand woman, she started off as a Saturday assistant. She's done every job in the business. And now she she's in charge of big buying budgets. Mm. And she runs all the marketing and the buying. She's... She just is, you know, pretty much mm. running the business. Mm. I keep my eye on all the financials and uh, yeah. oversee, but she, and she's learnt all that. And I, it's believing in people mm. and also spotting what people are good at. And I remember giving her first long, long time ago shop floor manager job, and she's like, "I can't do that." And I'm like, "I know you can. I've seen it. I can see. I, I think it's focusing on people's skills." So, for example, Helen, who runs all the stock departments, she's deeply organised. She loves efficiency. She loves systems. Yeah. And then we have the girls like Ellen. They're the creatives. They're doing the displays. They've got the vision. It's finding out what people are good at and backing them. Also letting them make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I always say to them, don't worry if it doesn't work. We're not working in A&E. You know, we're not. There's, there's, no, there's no life or death here. If we cook it up, we sort it out. Don't worry. Um, and I think it's they know I believe in them and they they pay it back in, you know, and I look after them financially as well. You've got to pay people. As a, as a, what a great message as a leader because actually just to... And I'm, I'm keen to see as well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the answer to this is yes, but like you're like that with your kids in the sense that empower them to do yeah. things, empower them to try things and make yeah. mistakes. yeah. Oh, I'm always backing my boys. I really am. Um, I'm always telling them they're fantastic at things. And they don't, because, you know, we have a few things. They don't always believe that. But I will continue to tell them until I'm blue in their face. And they, you know, Sam, they go, oh, not one of mum's speeches. (laughs) 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 Oh, here we go. Can't we just have a family dinner? (laughs) You've got to believe in yourself, boys. And they they take the piss out of me. As you can imagine, I'm outnumbered. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Like, I'm, I'm the same with mine every single day. Oh, yeah. Without foul. Tell them they can believe. Yeah. We, I've just I posted something the other day and we, we, I spoke about it. There was something um, that there's the, the woman, who, um, oh, Sarah Blakely, who runs Spanx. Who started oh, yeah, yeah. Of Spanx. yeah. Um, she commented on something the other day and said about that her dad used to ask her every day, what did you fail at today? Yeah. And I was like, and and I did post the other day and I'm not sure if I've mentioned it to you, but I was blown away by this from, this is from my daughter Sienna. I had my t-shirt on that says, there's no failure, only feedback. Yeah. From the the episode of Steve Sellis. And I I was reading it and I I said, so I'd heard this thing. I said, I'm going to ask you every day what you failed at today. Sienna's gone to me. That's just, a growth mindset that is. Oh I'm my like, god! I was driving at the Nailed time with it. Kelly. I'm like, 
I looked at it, I was like, nearly crashed a car. Um, and, I, and it said, I'm like, oh, all right, what, what, what do you, what's the growth mindset then, Sienna? And she's, going, she's eight years old. And she went, she went to me, well, it's, oh, I did write it down as well because I knew I'd forget it. But it was, it, she said something, well, it's just perseverance and the value and value of resilience oh my god oh, sam you've you've killed it you've oh, nailed yeah. it she could she she articulated better than i could oh. and i was like oh my god no, I, I just and she went yeah just never giving up daddy and i'm oh. like right that is it um your work, work is, done. is done yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was actually i'm gonna get her on the podcast she's gonna start interviewing but it was just and i i'm i'm adamant that the thing i want to listen to you talk about stuff and how you are with your team how you are uh, with your kids like you just mentioned that just giving them that self-belief it is self-belief that, yeah. and that empowering actually as a leader especially within the business world as a leader allowing people to make mistakes and yeah uh, and again I, I use Stephen Bartley a lot because I, I, I read a lot of it and I listen to a lot of his yeah, podcasts but great. he says that about the, about failing fast and yeah. le- just learn like actually having in your business plan an opportunity to just allowing people yeah. to go go and make mistakes and that's a hundred percent. This is a brilliant way to to encourage people to grow because that's where growth happens, isn't it? Within that. Oh, it completely does. And don't get me wrong; I've made a million manager mistakes of leading people, yeah. and you learn, don't you? You learn, yeah, and then you learn how to manage people. Everyone, you need to manage slightly differently. I think if you're working in a close team, everyone responds to different things in different ways. But I feel much more confident in my leadership style now. And to see them grow is so exciting. Mm. And it gives me, I'm like proud mum. I really am proud mum. And it's ridiculous. Um, it also gives me like, oh, wow, look what they're doing. Look at them. You know, look. it just gives me joy. Yeah, and, and, and also gives them confidence. They're all strong women, you know. They've yeah. all got their opinions. And I love their opinions and their ideas. And we always have Did these. Did they push back on you as well? Oh, like, yeah. Come up with something Oh, no, no. I, I tell you what, they oh. put me right in my place. <laughs> you don't want yes people around you because that's rubbish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. My right-hand lady, Gemma, was, goes, no, Emma, that's terrible. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that because she's usually right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but again, uh, isn't it interesting? You, you talked about it and when you're giving her the floor managers yeah she yeah feel confident yeah and now she's oh, she's, going, she's boss lady Emma. yeah she's like, <laughs> that's not gonna work that's the worst idea i've ever heard <laughs> are you I've kidding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it i love it they call they say they will say it work now oh gems the boss <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love that i love it i've got i want to i want to um just touch on something i again i'll talk about back to the I guess my therapy side of it, um, especially from being a, going through that period of being a single parent, yeah. running the businesses you have. What what does the work life balance side of stuff? Where does that come into it? At? Have you got that now? Have you had it over the last few years? The kids growing up. Talk to me about the. Oh God, that's the that's the perennial battle. That one is <laughs> um, work life balance. I don't really think anyone's nailed that personally mm-hmm. I think I'm lucky that I absolutely love my job so it doesn't feel like work but then you do need balance because I'm an overworker and I've got myself in a mess a few times from just working too hard mm-hmm. trying to be too much to too many people so I've learned possibly since the pandemic to to get better at that don't get me wrong I'm always there for the kids right I've never missed a sports day or a big match or Mm. or, or things going on in their life because that was always my priority 
the point I had my own business as well and had children so I could be there when they needed me. Always going to be a working mum. There was never, that was never not going to be me. And, and I think they massively respect me for that. Work-life balance has got a lot better. Um, I've got a lovely boyfriend in the last three years and he's very chilled. <laughs> he's the opposite to me. So he's t- teaching me to chill out actually having an illness long covid certainly taught me to chill out um i think yeah i think i'm getting much better at it because also my children are older the eldest has left home they don't need me as much so i am putting myself um way up the pecking order again which you know is something i'm really working on having turned 50 i've decided the next decade is going to be a bit more about me um so I'm in top form to be there for everyone else as well. So that work-life balance that I've probably not always got, I'm not sure who gets that really, you know, being a parent. But I'm I'm on a mission to make it as best as I can. But you're never going to get it quite right, are you? I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I'll, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. One, one of the, I think, uh, an interview I've done with a friend of mine, Rob Starr, runs the Star Trust and he had a great way of putting yeah. it because he loves his business he loves yeah. his job loves his yeah. business loves being an entrepreneur loves doing his challenges he's yeah. triathlons and all sorts yeah. uh, as you oh, I love that yeah. I'll be back doing yeah. that of course, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> um, and but he was saying actually like you've got your 24 hours in a day and that's your life and actually in that bubble yeah. of life is your family yeah. and that's your business and that's your personal time and yeah. your challenges and all the things yeah. that you want to do and some days you're going to work more on the business. Other yeah. days you're going to spend more time with the family. Yeah. And actually you just get up every day and do the best you can on that day. And that's your balance. That's So he said to me, he goes, I've got a perfect work-life balance because actually every day is different and yeah. I'll just do the best I can in each day. And I think that really helped me in my mindset to try and go, you know what, I'm, I know some days I'm going to be at an event at half seven in yeah. the morning and I'm going to run an event in the evening yeah. and I'm probably going to spend a very minimal time with the kids and that's going to be and I, 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 I'm going to be disappointed about that on that day but then the following day I will dedicate more time to exactly. them and that's going to be where there's some form of balance and being okay wise. with that I guess I think that's very wise and do you know the other lesson I've learned in my older years <laughs> I don't know I'm not that old <laughs> um, is drop the guilt I, I think I learned that lesson early on, especially being a working mum. You know, I used to worry about dropping them off at nursery. Do you know what? None of them remember nursery. Yeah. So, you know, I said, why did I beat myself up about that? And I know I've been the best mum I can be. I've made a million thousand mistakes. But actually, the things you feel guilty about, they don't know. They haven't remembered. And weirdly, they, they pick you up on things that you thought were fine. You're like, really? what? That's teenagers for you. They're (laughs) they're vicious. But I think having a working mum myself who worked six days a week without fail, she loved her work too. Um, I never didn't feel loved. I felt very loved and she still works. And I never, ever thought, oh, why wasn't she a stay at home mum? Or why does she work six days a week? Or why does she work at nights? She did work at nights as well. Um, I just felt loved and full of admiration for her so i drop the guilt i just do what i can and if it's not good enough it's not always good enough you know i just yeah i think i love to tell new mums that don't beat yourself up because they won't remember either (laughs) i I, I, I can't wait for kelly to listen to this because she's one she 
just because of her upper game uh, relationship with her, she's got a lot of guilt and she carries that around. Yeah, it's hard. She's a solicitor. Um, yeah. She's managing partner wow. of a law firm. She's training to be a judge. Oh. And I'm like, that, that in itself is it's inspiring to, yeah. for the kids. They're going to, all right, are you, are you there every single day and doing that? Yeah. No. But no. you are, when you are there, you're present and you love. And like you said, I think for me, the key is that unconditional love. It that is. They know. As long it's as they there. know that, whether you spend five minutes with them or five hours yeah. that day, yeah. they know unconditionally that you love them. Yeah. And, and that's, I think if you can get to that point, the other stuff just time. And there's other lessons that they will learn from. See, like Sienna comes, I'm up at five in the morning, so I sit up there, yeah. and she's an early bird like me. So Sienna yeah. will come and sit next to me whilst I'm working sometimes of a morning, uh, early doors, and I, I, I can't sit and play with her because I've got up early to do some work. Yeah, but she'll yeah. sit there and she sees oh, me grafting, and she'll sit with a little notepad and do other little bits God and stuff her. like. Yeah. And you just like, so for me, there's a there's an element of, and look, I, I certainly don't get it right, and I haven't, but I'm learning. Yeah, is trying to get to that point, like you said, just trying to be the best you, you can. can. But teaching, realizing that it's not, you don't have to feel guilty about doing it because if we can teach them, like you are surely yeah. showing your kids, yeah, look, like you, you can tell sitting here listening to you talk, the passion you've got for yeah. business in general, like you yeah. light up when you talk, about <laughs> it and it's infectious and it's lovely yeah. to hear and lovely to watch. But they will see that. They do. And all, all we want for our kids is to do wh- whatever, whatever they want to be, road sweepers or whatever yeah. they want to do. If you're passionate about yeah. it and you absolutely love it, mm. then we've done a good job. We've done a great I mean, you And your two kids, when they say, oh, yeah, my mum's a judge. Can you imagine yeah. how bloody proud yeah. they're going to be of her and of you? Look yeah. what you've created. They're going to go, oh, yeah, look at my mum and dad doing this, that. You know, Kelly should be very proud of yeah. herself. And I think um, I know my kids. They, too, tell me they're proud of me. But it's when I've heard um, my middle boy tell is some of his mates you know we'll try to be cool whatever and i've heard him tell them about stuff i've done or what and he you can hear he's proud of me and that's it that's it you know yeah. we might have a hundred rounds the next day but you know <laughs> that's it we, we've nailed that bit so i think kelly that's and right. yourself should be very proud well thank you and, and back at you, i just like to say it's, it's it's just fascinating to have these conversations and listen to because we all question ourselves don't we yeah but that's why i love doing this because you talk and you listen and you bounce off and you you talk about different journeys and where you've been and what you're doing and it's so but it's almost that validation we go actually look look at what you've achieved and how successful you are and and as a single mum as well and all them things along the way and all that journey and it's it's so so inspiring to to listen to um and i'll thank you for sharing it but we're we're coming towards this there's a couple of other bits that we're going to finish up with so this is our last life in 60 seconds okay this is so look the the main essence of the podcast and the new tagline that the brilliant inside stories come up with was helping the world to see success differently so i'm looking at where you've been, where you are now, where you're going. 60 seconds, tell me, how do you define success? Okay, in my 20s, would be to have a million pound in the bank. <laughs> That'd be quite nice. <laughs> but 100%, I mean, I've been through this, but 100% that I'm healthy, my family are healthy, I can afford to help them, I can live a good life, 
I can give back. It all sounds cheesy, but it's so true. It's so true. I think having built up resilience and that I know that I can be happy and my family can be happy, that's it for me. That's it. There's no more. Love it. Amazing. And tell me then, what... um what, what does what does the future hold for? <laughs> well, here we go. Hey, Sam. <laughs> so I'm a woman with about eight million ideas all the time. It's really tiring. I have monkey brain of the highest <laughs> order, so that's why it's hard to chill out, work life balance, and all that. So um, yeah, Velvet's going great guns, but I definitely we're looking at me and the management team are looking at all different ideas to grow Velvet property businesses fantastic i'm just looking after my tenants at the moment definitely not buying any more properties with the current interest rates but you know things will change um i've invested in a few other businesses i've gone back to uh i'm doing some studying um thanks to one of your friends kiriakos yeah he's got me on a a course learning how to grow business good man um so i will be going along that journey to see what i can grow and also to see I might well invest in some other businesses that I'm interested in. But going back to the new decade and the decade with intention, I've got to look after myself and my health. And that's sort of, I guess, number one. I just need to quieten down the monkey brain, Sam, (laughs) and not do eight million things. But I I would say what I have done the last sort of six, seven years is be head down and I've worked super hard with a very single determination to make success of the businesses and look after my family. And now, I've only started networking this year, mm-hmm. how I met you, it's only this year, because it's been a bit of a lonely journey. Mm-hmm. And it has been lonely because I've just done it myself, I've just grafted, been a mum, grafted. And I'm just getting my head above the parapet now, meeting people, I've been on the business retreats i'm meeting people through you and i need peers i need people to talk about stuff with you can't do it all by yourself so this whole new new emma (laughs) is really exciting and um yes and i'll always be doing velvet because i love it (laughs) that's incredible and then um so with that if you looking then back at your journey if you could go back and you talk to a 24 year old emma yeah. starting out on that journey would would your advice for her be to do it as you've done or would it be to surround yourself with other people be on that networking scene go out and meet peers and, and grow the business that way what would be because you have had your head down and you yeah what you've achieved has been incredible um but like you said potentially a lonely mm. place for a, a period of time oh definitely Ask really? for more help, Emma. Really? You don't know everything. In fact, you know nothing, especially <laughs> when you're 20. Yeah. You know what good nightclubs to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where all the decent raves are. Um, no, I would have would have reached out earlier. I mean, 100%. Yeah. It's definitely affected my mental health at times, um, not reaching out. But you know what? Um, all of this new, there's no regrets because yeah. there's such a wasted emotion, regret. You know, right. I, I regret lots of things. But you just have to keep moving on because anyway, I'm only young, I'm only 50. I've got my Absolutely. whole life ahead of me. <laughs> and now I've made some new friends. <laughs> I love that. And, it, and like you said, it is. Uh, I think there's so much of that narrative out there potentially for people to go. that, And this is shifting, I believe, but that asking for help yeah. was 
potentially, oh, I can't do that because that will show weakness. So I've got, oh, I've got yeah. to be this person who goes under. Yeah. You know? Whereas it is, it, there is a shift. Not It's not yeah. where we should be, I don't believe, but it's definitely a shift. And I think actually it's, it's a sign of strength, actually putting your hand up and going, you know what, yeah. I don't know. I, look, if there's one thing I've learned, and there with nearly 100 episodes of speaking to people, whether people who have sold businesses for 100 million yeah. to people who are just starting out to Olympic athletes yeah. and everyone in between, that actually most of us are winging it half the time. Of course we are. And, and, and once, once you accept that, okay, it's a little bit liberating. You go, actually, we're all winging it. We're all winging it. We're just trying it. to get through. And we are. And I think that's the thing. Um, you know, I've always been a big joke. Emma's got a game face on. I put my game face on so many times. I might be broken inside with whatever's going on, mm. but on the outside, I look really happy. It doesn't always work, Sam, because that's when I probably should have reached out. And then mm. I didn't. But I think that's a bit of single mummism. I've got to do it myself. I'm just going to crack on. But mm. it does not always work, to mm. be honest. I think you've got to you've got to ask for help every now and then. And do you feel more jump. comfortable with that now and being able oh, to yeah. like, cause I, I agree with you and I'm the same and we do wear their masks quite often but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely getting better at not great at it yeah. but I'm definitely getting better at people going are you okay and I'm actually struggling a little bit yeah. and, and that's okay to do that not then necessarily that that then makes me a negative person or something like because I'm ultimately an optimist and a positive yeah. person. That's how yeah. I portray myself and that's how I feel my inner self is. But actually to just go, you know what, actually this is a bit of a struggle at the yeah. minute. And asking that person for help or what do you think about that, that then they might be able to get me through that or say, oh, what have you thought about this? Oh, you know what, hence why these conversations are like gold to me because you, I can have them conversations and be open and honest and say what I'm going through or a, and people can talk about their struggles if yeah. you've ever done in yeah. over the course you go actually then maybe that things are not that bad and I can navigate around that yeah I, th- I think that's hugely important Sam and now I'm much more open about uh, various things I've been through in my life mm. you know when I've had team members suffering with depression I never really um, ever talked about what I've been through I've had two bouts of quite serious postnatal depression mm. they didn't know that I, and because i thought oh that's not that's my business whatever but only in recent years i've said i'm not saying i understand what you're going through but i've been through something like this and they're like have you really and i said yeah so how can i help you and then that's it we're all vulnerable people mm. and all this and and i think if you can say i'm actually th- you know, I do sort of understand. Mm. It it opens the doors, doesn't it? And it opens people's hearts, and you think, oh yeah, okay, we're we're mm. connected here. And that's why I know um, you talk about imposter syndrome mm. quite a lot. Mm. Um, I probably had that when I was younger, but you know, it it it's a bit weird. It's sort of disappeared now, which is really refreshing, by the way. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it happens to uh, you and other people because actually. I've realised we're all just the same, aren't we? And when you ever walk into a room, I used to think, well, I know stuff about lots of stuff and I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like me, well, I say, lost. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm okay. And I think this is the thing. Um, wherever you go, you always know more about something than somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, and they're the same. And I think I, I've just like, I'm just comfortable now with who I am. And that's, uh, maybe that's because I'm I'm 50. Who knows? But I just think 
I think back yourself, you know, you, you're great. Everybody's got something they're brilliant at. Mm. So maybe discovering what it is is the, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes. But I love, I love that. And it's a great way to just, I guess, to round things off and because and it is such a, such a powerful message that you're exactly right that actually as individuals we, we have just got to believe that we're, we've got experience whatever that experience is we have got an experience and then if we've got an opinion on something then that's okay that yeah then makes us a expert in that level or, or whatever that, that that looks like and exactly exactly but, um this has been such a fascinating conversation oh, it's so, a pleasure. so honored to have you on and um i've loved getting to know you over the last few months and and it's there's so many amazing takeaways that people will listen to this, I'm sure, and empower and inspire um, to listen Thank to you. Sam, but you need a bit to big up yourself sometimes. When I've been along to these breakfasts, my first ever time was at Christmas, the silent disco. I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> this is brilliant. And people were so nice yeah. and refreshing. And um, I've been to a few other networking things not my bag yours i'm like yeah this is it these oh, are these are the people and you're just so warm and i think you should be you've created an incredible community someone i think you should be very very proud of it it's very kind it's very and look, i'm i'm passionate about it i think the community that we're surrounded there with there's some incredible people and one of the reasons i started this podcast was because so many people that often ask or you listen to um, other podcasts and they go oh, who inspires you and they would talk about you know Richard Branson yeah, or someone like that yeah. I'm, I'm, I just feel honoured and privileged that we're in this community here in Brighton it's and amazing. Sussex and surrounded by amazing people yeah. inspiring people like yourself who can come on and share their story and blows me away every time I hear things like, like the conversation we've had today so um, very grateful so oh I've loved it thanks Sam good fun and um well, for the Different Hats podcast, that is another episode. And as they say, that is a wrap. <laughs>